Good morning. I'm going to move some stuff around. I talked to Ronnie about this a lot, but I like stuff to like be perfectly straight. So I'm going to move this around, make sure that's at like a 90 degree from the front of the stage, and then we'll be good. Um, yeah, good morning, church. What's up? I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. Um, yeah, my name's Clay Sherman, uh, and I've been asked to... Uh, continue our series on Ephesians today. So I'll be doing that, and then I'll also be sharing a little bit about my life and some of the ministry work that I do here at this church. So um, while I'm preaching, uh, one thing that I really appreciated that Peter did last week was he encouraged everybody to kind of say, like, amen, or that's right, or stuff like that. I'm not a professional speaker, so that is, yeah, amen. (laughs) So uh, very timely. So that is, uh, yeah, it's, it's helpful to me. It's encouraging to me just to hear from y'all. Um, and I know you're, you're like really hitting it if Tanya's like, that's right. So <laughs> if I hear one of those, I know I'm really, I'm, I'm doing the deal here. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a big deal to me uh, to get to preach on a Sunday morning. Uh, such a big deal that, I mean, I, I scheduled a haircut for this. <laughs> but... Um, but I scheduled it for next Thursday. So, I mean, <laughs> so kind of maybe, you know, I was so excited. I, I didn't look at the date that I scheduled it. Um, but anyway, I, I feel like it's helpful if you know a little bit about the person who's preaching to you on a Sunday. Um, so, yeah, let me tell you a little bit about myself. My name's Clay. Um, I've been coming to this church for about three years now, I think. Um, I'm married to Abby. She's in the back, back there. Some of y'all know Abby. Um, (laughs) Delayed woo, delayed woo on that one. Um, Let's see see what my mom gets. So my mom, Penny, is a member here. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, um, yeah, some of you uh, may know her. But in addition to uh, being on staff here at the church, I also work with my mom which is really neat. We uh, have a general contracting company and just to watch her start a business and then have the opportunity to work with her in that has been a huge blessing in my life. So proud of her, uh, pat her on the back. She's done a, a really good job with me and my brother Clint and now just, you know, kind of stepping out and doing her own thing. So um, I'm also a new dad. Praise God. Um yeah, praise God for that. Uh, our daughter, Sunny, was born on August 6th. I have that in bold, so I would make sure to say that right. August 6th is my daughter's birthday. Um, and yeah, my wife and I are so incredibly thankful for this church. Um, you know, we've, we've seen this body step up in, in so many ways, um, but especially um, as we've walked into a new marriage, and now uh, being new parents, uh, we've seen you all step up and and shower us with gifts and uh, with wisdom, uh, and we're incredibly grateful for that. Um, Yeah, because of what we have here, we can confidently walk into parenthood. Um, We have here in this body an example of, uh, a godly example of, of nearly every stage of life. We have people to show us how to be godly parents and, and godly friends, uh, people who are modeling how to not let the, the busyness of the world um, pull you out of participation in the body of Christ. 
um, in the mission that our Lord has put before us. So in addition to being a father and a husband, um, that's still just weird to say, um, I'm a young man who's constantly astonished by the way that God is working in my life. Um, If you would have asked me five years ago where I would be when I was 25, um, I would have never thought that I'd have a beautiful wife and a daughter and a church family and an abundance of good godly friends. Um, But that's what Jesus has to offer. Amen? Um, Jesus came to give life and to to give it abundantly. Um, That's what God does. He takes a young man like me who didn't have a dad, a guy that Satan wanted to use for his purposes, and he gives him a spiritual father like Ronnie and a mentor and a friend like Kale to teach me how to live a life that glorifies God. And I feel like this might be somewhat of a unique perspective that I have in this body is that I haven't been insulated my whole life by consistent godly community. So when I get to spend time with guys like Ronnie or Kale or have good godly friends like Reed Hayes, um, I mean, those relationships and the weight and the power behind those relationships is not lost on me. Um, In the same way, the power of what we have going on here as a community at large is not lost on me. God is working here. And I'm urging you as a body to not forget that. As a church body, uh, you all appointed me to be a minister here and to work in a ministry that we call Track. Uh, You may have heard it mentioned here before. Um, Susan, could you pull up the photo of some of our Track folks? Um, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I thought, it, I thought it would be helpful for you all to have a visual of some of the people that are coming to track regularly. This is our crew, minus uh, some regulars. Kale and Jay were in Houston when this photo was taken. And then uh, Damon and Michaela were actually ho- at the hospital when Paxton was being born when we took this photo. So just, like, imagine them in there. Um, yeah, I wanted to take the time while I was up here to just share a little bit about track. Uh, track is a... There's a ministry that we started here to serve young adults like me that have chosen a route alternative to college. Uh, And just to be clear, we do have uh, college grads in our track ministry, but our aim aim is to be a ministry that meets the needs of non-college track young adults who probably wouldn't have the opportunity to find a community like many of you have or had in our campus ministry focus. And if you look around this church, many of our leaders here are the result of uh, the ministry efforts of Focus. And we hope that in the future, that track will bear uh, similar fruit. Um, So our main goal is to just teach these young people to love God and uh, love people. Lastly about me, another role I have here at the church building, or at the church is cleaning the building. So... uh, I would be remiss if while I had this microphone, if I didn't uh, share just one little piece of advice. Uh, Just one piece of advice. (laughs) Guys, 
just stand a little closer to the urinal. <laughs> that, would, that would save me. Uh, that would save me a lot of heartache. Uh, anyway, enough about me. Uh, <laughs> like I said, I am here to uh, continue our series on the Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Um, if you're behind on this series or haven't been here, I highly recommend going to uh, the northeastchurch.com and listening back to the previous sermons. Um, in this series, we've gotten to hear from a few people who wouldn't uh, typically preach on a Sunday. And that's something that I think is really, really neat that our church does is like we allow diversity in thought. And then we also give people an opportunity to stand up here and, like Ronnie would say, uh, sing their song. You know, we get to hear from the body and we're, we're hearing people in our body sing their song about how God is working in their life. And Peter, who spoke last week, um, I don't think Peter's here today. He's probably out with focus. Um, Peter has a master's degree in theology or divinity or something. Ba- basically, Peter has a master's in God. Um, and I think God loves that. I think God is glorified in what Peter has done. Um, Peter's put a lot of time and effort I- into educating himself. And then we have a guy like me. I have, I have no degree. Um, but yet, in this body, we're both shown honor. And I think that that is really, really admirable. Um, yeah, and God founded his church on unschooled, ordinary men. Uh, and he can still use unschooled, ordinary men like me to build his church. So if you will, uh, pray with me. Father in heaven, help me to be helpful as I speak to your people today. I pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which you have called us, the riches of your glorious inheritance in your holy people and your incomparably great power for us who believe. And I pray that as a church, being rooted and established in love, we may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Lord, please remove from me any anxieties or insecurities that would keep me from speaking clearly about you today and teach us how to be unified in Christ. Amen. Okay, cool. So like I said, I'm going to continue our series on Ephesians, but first I'm going to take a drink of this water. So rather than uh, jumping right into chapter four, I thought it might be helpful if I did a little bit of a recap of the the first three chapters of the book, just because repetition is the friend of the adult learner. Uh, We know that around here. So... Ephesians. Uh, Ephesus was a large city in the ancient world and was considered an epicenter uh, for the worship of Greek and Roman gods at the time that this letter was written. The Apostle Paul spent a few years of his ministry in Ephesus sharing the good news about Jesus and establishing churches in the city. Uh, Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians years later while being imprisoned for his teaching. In the first three chapters of this letter, Paul is laying out the gospel story and how Jesus is the climax of history and how Jesus established a community of his followers. We saw in chapter 1, verse 10, how God's purpose through Christ is to unify all things 
in heaven and on earth. And then Paul goes on to pray that the readers of this letter would experience the power that raised Jesus from the dead and that this knowledge of Christ would lead to an experiential relationship with God through his spirit. And in chapter 2, we read of how Christ's people have been saved by grace, praise God, and made new for the good works that God has prepared in advance for us. And that this barrier that Paul calls the dividing wall of hostility has been destroyed. Now both Jew and Gentile have been reconciled to God through the cross. And in chapter 3, we uh, see Paul praying that God's people would be strengthened by God's spirit to grasp the love that Christ has for his people. So that's a pretty high flyover, but hopefully that brings you up to speed uh, to where we're at in chapter 4 of Ephesians. And Susan, if you could pull up those scriptures. Um, Just everyone could follow along while I read these uh, verses. That'd be great. So it says here, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, teachers, or pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach Uh, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So that is a mouthful. And you would know that if you tried to read it in front of about 200 people. Um, But yeah, there's a lot to chew on here. Um, And there's numerous ways that someone could go about preaching on this passage. Um, But as we look at these 16 verses together, I'd like to focus on this idea of our calling as Christians. We can see here uh, that we are called to be unified, we're called to serve in the kingdom, and we're called to maturity in Christ. So first let's talk about the things that Paul is urging these Christians to do as he calls them to be unified. These are the things that Paul describes as constituting a life worthy of the calling that they have received from God. We are called to be completely humble people. 
We're called to be patient. We're called to bear with one another in love. And we are called to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. What would it look like for you to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in this church? Again, what would it look like for you to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in this church? And so there's this Greek word uh, for make every effort. And uh, believe it or not, it just means that we should make every effort. I, don't, I mean, I didn't, even, I, don't, I didn't even look into it. I don't know Greek, um, but that is why it was translated like that. Um, so that was a joke, but if you need a lesson in Greek, you should probably just talk to Peter. Um, but yeah, making every effort means putting the pedal to the floor to preserve the unity that we already have in the spirit of Christ. For example, what is your response when someone comes tiptoeing over to you with some juicy gossip about somebody at this church or a pastor at this church? Are you quick to shut it down or are you salivating at the opportunity to tear someone else down? These behaviors that Paul has listed above, humility, gentleness, patience, and forbearance are things that we can cultivate in our own lives to help maintain the unity of the Spirit. I'm going to say that again. These behaviors that Paul has listed above, humility, gentleness, patience, and forbearance are things that we can cultivate in our own lives to help maintain the unity of the Spirit. So moving forward, let's talk about how we are called to serve in the kingdom. We see in verse 11 that Paul says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. For what reason? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. We all have a role in the body of Christ. Amen? Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, God who reconciled us to himself through Christ gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Church, we have the opportunity to bring someone into relationship with the living God. There's perpetuity in this kingdom. Or as Ronnie has told me in the past, in the kingdom we have the opportunity to do something that will matter 10,000 years from now. We have that kind of influence in the kingdom of God. And this doesn't look the same for everyone. I'm not saying that there's one standard of success in the kingdom of God that should be uniformly uh, placed on the people of the church as a measuring stick. Some of you are called to hold crying babies in the nursery. Some of you are called to sing kids' songs in the jam room. None of you are called to clean the toilets. But, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Except, uh, like, uh, Reed Hayes and Josh Kraft. They help out a lot. Um, I bring up these roles because it's important that we acknowledge the part of this passage that reads, 
But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. We don't need to be in the business of identifying the super apostles in this body. Uh, Jam workers are working under the Lord. Moms raising littles are working under the Lord. Men in their 60s and 70s trying their best here on a Sunday morning to get to know a college student are working under the Lord to preserve the unity of the Spirit. Amen? So Paul is driving home this idea of oneness. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And please note that the term we're using is unity and not uniformity. So in your life, love God and love people. We've heard it here before. You can only love people to the extent in which you know and love God. Lastly, I'd like to talk about how we are called to maturity. I have no idea if that's actually how you say that word. Some people say maturity. Is that right? I'm going to say, it's just Ronnie who said that. Uh, Yeah. I feel like I say it real Texan. Maturity. Yeah, I kind of like that. Okay, so um, what? Oh, thanks. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we're called to maturity. Did you all know that we have a mission statement here at this church? How many of you here, if I asked you what our mission statement at this church is, could confidently answer that question? That's like 4% of y'all. It's not good. I could see everyone, the hands up or not, very many. Uh, yeah, this is actually on our church website. Have you ever visited our church website? Um, or have you thought about how we're presenting ourselves publicly as a church? Because the way that we're presenting ourselves publicly is this. We value really deep, love-filled relationships that lead people to devote their life to Christ. That is, making and maturing disciples to the glory of God. If the mission of our church is to make immature disciples to the glory of God, my question for you is, does the mission of your life align with the mission of this church? And if not, why? So if I told my eight-week-old daughter, Sunny, to not act like a baby, that just would not make sense because she's a baby. Um, It would be cruel to expect a baby to not act like a baby. But as Christians, we're expected to mature. And being mature in Christ means that we're going to be first influenced by him and not the culture around us. And we ought to be so influenced by Christ that we then influence the culture around us. Being mature is recognizing what is in line with Christ and what is contradictory to his ways. That is, identifying the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. But Satan is really, really good at what he does. So often, these lies or deceitful teachings um, can sound harmless. Deceitful teaching could sound as harmless as you need a self-care day. Or my evenings after work are for me to recharge. Or I can't outreach at work. I might lose my job. 
we pay pastors to teach my kids about God. Or we pay pastors to do one-on-one studies. Not many amens there. (laughs) As a church, we want to have a culture of people taking ownership of their role in the kingdom of God. And I know that there are a lot of you that are very active in serving in this body. And as a church, I know we have a lot of people that are stepping up and laboring to make disciples. But if this is convicting, just take a note of that. Um, We all need to be training to resist evil and or training others to resist evil themselves. And we want to be a place where people are getting off of the spiritual milk. Like right now, Sunny is only a taker. She doesn't do anything at our house for anybody. She just just takes. But when she's four or five, she's gonna be paying that rent. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Um, pay that rent. Um, I'm obviously joking, but you can. Devin's going to be paying rent next year. <laughs> I'm obviously joking, but you can understand the, the picture that I'm painting. Uh, we, we don't want to be people that remain satisfied with being takers. And we ought to want that depth of knowledge of Christ that allows us to build up the body in love as we do our work. Amen. And in the track ministry that I'm working in, uh, maturity is what we're, we're aiming for, and that should be the goal of uh, each of our ministry efforts here. In track, we're building a ministry that gives us an opportunity to reach those that are really difficult to reach. And I'd encourage you to do the same in your own way here at this church. Jesus said that a house divided cannot stand. So it's important to keep in mind that If we're going to maximize our service to Christ, we need to be unified in our efforts to serve him. And we need to make it our aim to please him. As a church body, we ought to be unified in our efforts of service in the kingdom to make and mature disciples of Jesus. If you will, pray with me. God, help us to put into practice the truths of your word that we have read together today. Make us one, Lord, as you are one. And we love you. Amen. 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 Be blessed.